So what I want to share tonight is biblically based. So I hope you have your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, you will, you will be, have the opportunities to see it on the overhead. But we're going to delve into the Word of God tonight. I'm not going to preach to you. I'm going to teach you tonight. So Father, as I prepare to teach this final lesson in the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit, I just commit it to you, every thought that I've had, every revelation the Holy Spirit has given, I just believe, Holy Spirit, you will bring it back to my remembrance, you will give me utterance, and you will cause the Word of God to come alive and create a hunger on the inside of all of us to know you better, to walk close in close fellowship with you, Holy Spirit. Because we know you're our guide, you, you bring us revelation, you show us things to come, lead us into truth, help us, you're our helper, and you empower us to be witnesses. So we recognize and honor your presence tonight in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start where we've been starting in this series um, in John 16, 7, just to remind you of some things about the Holy Spirit that we have already covered. And Jesus is saying here, uh, I'm telling you the truth now. I'm sure they didn't believe him at the time. But he said, I'm telling you the truth that it is profitable, good, expedient, and advantageous for you that I go away. So he's telling, it's to, it was to their advantage and to our advantage that he went away. I'm sure that was a shock to them. How could it possibly be? But then he's, he went on to say, it's because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Then he begins to tell all the different functions of the Holy Spirit. He's the helper, the counselor, the advocate, the intercessor, strengthener, standby, etc. And And I like this. This is amplified, but it says he will... Uh, he will be in close fellowship with you. I mean, he will be by your side and in you all the days of your life if you receive this Holy Spirit. And so we're gonna, we, have, we have been talking about different aspects of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the fact that Jesus said to the woman at the well, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to be like a, a spring of water. It's going to spring up to eternal life. It's going to be uh, something inside of you for a relationship with you. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit comes in you at the new birth to develop you and to, and, and to formulate the, form the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of you. So at the new birth, you receive the Holy Spirit. There's no question Jesus said in John the 20th chapter, verse 22, uh, he said that uh, he, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now that word receive means immediately, right now. It doesn't mean that he was saying, in a few days from now, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, which we know did happen. But he was saying, now, here, you have the Holy Spirit. And so that's when they were born again. Something changed on the inside of them. The Holy Spirit came inside of them 
But then he said, now listen, don't go anywhere. Don't start any ministries. Don't even tell anybody about me. Just go to Jerusalem and you wait because there's something more that you need. So he's talking about the first encounter with the Holy Spirit is your new birth. But then he says, you wait. He says to him, you wait because there's something more. Have you ever heard anybody say, I just feel like I need something more? Well, let me tell you, when you get the Holy Spirit, you got the something more. And so they, uh, they went into the upper room. You know all about uh, how there was, there was uh, 10 days there. And then the day of Pentecost came. Now, Jesus had said before that in Acts 1.8, he said, he said uh, the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and make you witnesses. Let me just read it. But you shall receive power. You're going to receive ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Then you go out. You go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. He, he says, now you're ready when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So then in the upper room on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, uh, starting in verse 1, we're going to look at this in the Passion. On the, day, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anybody could bear. I'm sure they knew something supernatural was happening. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. You know, Jesus at one point says, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So uh, this was a manifestation. And so then what happened? They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. So we had been, we studied the fruit of the Spirit, and then we, uh, last time we studied about the gifts of the Spirit, which is talked about in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Uh, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, now see the Holy Spirit comes in you at the new birth for, uh, for relationship. The Holy Spirit comes on you in the baptism of the Holy Spirit for empowerment. Two different purposes for two different things but he is very efficient in both and we need both um so they that the first time that the holy spirit came they began to speak what we say in tongues now i was just thinking you know god is uh we can't understand god yet I mean, maybe when we get to heaven, we'll know a little bit more. But one thing I know is that God has the ability to mess with your languages. If we look at Genesis 11th chapter, 
Remember the Tower of Babel? The ungodly people were going to build this tower, and they were all in one accord. And God came down and said, ooh, ooh, they're all in one accord. Anything they imagine can come to pass. And so God said, we're going to have to do something. So he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Come, let us go down and there confound, mix up, and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Well, so the next morning when they woke up, I mean, one of them was speaking parley whatever, French. One of them was, uh, I don't know any other languages. Spanish, yeah. Some of you know it perfectly. You could... You could talk, and I would not understand you. But they were all, I mean, God messed with their language. What a big miracle that was. That on the day of Pentecost, he also gave us a special ability to speak beyond our understanding. And so as we were were studying the gifts of the Spirit, we know that in in 1 Corinthians 12, I think it's verse 10, uh, we, we have, um, actually, let me just go back. You can leave that up there, but uh, we talked about there's three categories of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, Paul talks, starts in, in verse 1. Leave that up there. You don't have to put verse 1 up there. But he says, brethren, I don't want you ignorant of spiritual gifts. That's why we're studying it tonight and last Wednesday night. He doesn't want us ignorant of spiritual gifts. Why? Because spiritual gifts are very powerful and they're for edifying and building up and profiting in this life. They're supernatural gifts. They're not just natural gifts. They're supernatural gifts given by the Holy Spirit. So we talked about the three categories. We talked about the power gifts, Can you tell me what the power gifts are? What? Uh, That is the revelation of revelation gift. Yeah, revelation gifts is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. The power gifts are what? Gifts of healing, working of miracles, gift of faith. So we studied all of those, but we didn't get around to the last category, which are the utterance gifts. So the utterance gifts is in this particular verse. It talks about uh, prophecy. It talks about uh, unknown tongues, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So those are the three utterance gifts, prophecy, Interpretation of uh, tongues, excuse me, tongues and interpretation of tongues. So these are supernatural gifts. Now we saw on the day of Pentecost, when those who were in the upper room received the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in tongues. Now I believe, and I can prove it from the scripture, I don't know if we have time tonight, I I will uh, use some of the scriptures to point this out, that When you receive the baptism in the Spirit, the main evidence of receiving the baptism in the Spirit is speaking in tongues. It opens the door to the supernatural. And most of you have heard my testimony, how I was such a religious, I mean, I was believed what I believed and nobody was going to tell me any different. 
I was taught that tongues was not for me. I, I don't really know exactly how I was taught. Uh, they didn't exactly teach that it was of the devil, but there are some that have been taught that it's of the devil. But it was just taught that only certain people had this, and it was like this denomination, the Pentecostals, they have it, but not us. We don't need it. I mean, that's, that's what came across to me. So when uh, I asked the Lord on Easter Sunday night in 1973, uh, for the closest experience I could have with him, uh, I, Jesus came into my room, light filled my room. Jesus came into my room, and I began to hear words that I didn't understand. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I know what you're trying to do to me. You're trying to sneak something in on me. Uh -uh. Of course, I, I changed my mind. And that night, I was gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit and have changed my, changed my life ever since. But I, went, I said that to say this. It opened the door to the supernatural. So, um, so we have, uh, so we're going to study as much as time we have tonight about uh, the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And uh, we're going to probably center in most on tongues because that's what people don't understand the most. Um, um, I, I did want to point out in um, Acts 2, 6, that whenever they come spelled out into the streets and were speaking in tongues, I mean, people heard the wind, it says, there was all kinds of nations there. And they came running to see what was going on. And when this sound was heard, the multitude came together. And they were astonished and bewildered because each of them did what? Heard them, them the apostles, speaking in his own particular dialect. It didn't say the apostles were speaking in their dialect, which they might have been. But it says they heard them. And we have an, I have an instance uh, uh, actually, we, we have an opportunity to see this happen on, uh, at 8 o'clock every Wednesday morning. Billy has a prayer call. And on this prayer call, uh, you can t call in, uh, punch in the code, and uh, she prays in the Spirit. We all pray with her in the Spirit for about 20 minutes. And then there's this man named Max that's an Arab and he hears her in Arabic, and he writes down what she says. This is a phenomenal use of that gift. Remember, we, we read in the gifts that they, they have various ways of operating. This is a various way of operating, and this last two Wednesdays, I've listened, and I've, I get goosebumps sometimes when I hear the interpretation. It's just like, wow, God is really speaking to his church. So, um, oh, I'm just trying to see how much time I have so I can, let me just quickly go through the book of Acts, uh, because Peter said in Acts 2.29, he said, uh, just a second, is that the right, Acts 2.29? Okay, let's look at verse thirty. 39, do you have that? Okay. 
Acts 2.39. Okay. But the promise of the Holy Spirit is to you, for you, and your children. And to all that are afar off. Are we afar off from them? I think we are. Maybe like 2,000 years or so. Even to and for as many as the Lord our God invites and bids to come to him. Now, it was not a one-time event on the day of Pentecost. It's for everyone, he says, that comes to Jesus. That includes you and me. So nobody's left out. Now, there are denominations that teach that tongues passed away. And they use the scripture. There's, there's two scriptures. I, I really don't want to take time to look at them too much. But uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the last part of that chapter, it talks about how tongues will pass away, prophecy will pass away. It also says that knowledge will pass away. And, and uh, when that which is perfect is come, so they teach that uh, when the Bible came, that, would, that was perfect, and so all of that stuff passed away. But in interestingly enough, when the Bible came, it talks about speaking in tongues. It says it's all for everybody. But it also says it's going to pass away because we're going to see face to face. Are we seeing face-to-face -face yet? Are we seeing God face-to-face? -face? Not yet, but we will. So it hasn't passed away. And then there's a scripture in um, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, it's, um, let me see if I can find the exact location of this. Um, uh, verse, okay, chapter 12 Starting in verse 28, it's, it's talking about, uh, you know, there's, he, God has said in the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, gifts of miracles, which is one of the gifts of the Spirit, divine healings, the gift of the Spirit, revelation knowledge, uh, uh, revelation gifts. Then he talks about the, some of the ministry gifts, the leadership, and then uh, different kinds of tongues. He talks about that, and then he says, not everyone is an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. Not everyone performs miracles or has gifts of healing or speaks in tongues or interprets tongues. So they say, you know, well, there you go. Not everybody speaks in tongues. But what we're going to look at tonight is there is four different kinds of tongues in the Bible. And this that he says, not everybody speaks in tongues is talking about the gift of tongues. There's a difference between the gift of tongues and the prayer language of tongues. And I wanna, I'll show you some scriptures on that. But uh, the, just, just to kind of give you an overall view of the difference of the gift of tongues and the prayer language of tongues that you receive when you are uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. When you operate in the gift of tongues, it, it has to be interpreted to make it understood because it is a public, it is for the public congregation. It's for the church. And the gift of tongues and the interpretation are God talking to his people. God talking to his people. And uh, we haven't had this happen a lot in our congregation, but... We do have some 
people in our congregation that have operated in that gift of speaking in tongues. They'll come forward and they'll give a message in tongues. Normally, I will interpret it. In the congregation, tongues should be interpreted because nobody can understand it until it's interpreted. So when it's interpreted, then God is truly speaking to his people. So tongues and interpretation are the same as prophecy, which is another one of the utterance gifts. Now, prophecy is like I would get up here and give you a prophecy in English. You can understand it. It's not me speaking, but it's God speaking to the people. And according to the word of God, it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what God will do for us. When he speaks to us, does God speak to his people today? You know, we, it would be a pretty dull life if we didn't have any conversations with God. Now, you can have conversations with him in your private prayer life. You can even pray in, in, in tongues, and uh, God can speak back to you in your, your prayer closet. But the gift of tongues is God... God speaking to his people. The other, there's, there's actually two public different kinds of tongues and two private kinds of tongues. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of discern those right now and let you look at them. Um, so in 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 22, it says that, Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying service for them that believe not, but for them that believe. So he's good. If you, if you read all the book, I mean the chapter of 1 Corinthians 14, he's, he's, he's giving you so much information about speaking in tongues. He's regulating it in the church. He's showing you how it works in the church and how it works in your own private life. And so, uh, like he said in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, he says, I, won't, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. That's why we're teaching you tonight. We don't want you to be ignorant. So, um, Tongues are for a sign to the unbeliever. That's the first public use of tongues. A sign, how does that work? Well, I was listening to John Bevere, and he shared an incident where he was preaching, and one of his staff members was standing at the back, or sitting at the back, and she felt impressed to just pray in the Spirit while he was preaching. So she was sitting there praying in the Spirit, and afterwards, uh, this man that had been sitting in front of her said to her, wow, you speak perfect French with a perfect diet, with perfect accent. I haven't heard that perfect of French in a long time. I'm a French teacher. And she says, oh, I don't know French. And he's, <clears throat> he said, how did you speak French then? And so this was a sign to him, and the, the neat part about it was what she was saying in French was exactly 
she was talking in France, French, and she was uh, giving the scriptures exact, just a few minutes before John up here gave the same scripture. She was saying first, and then he would say it. And so that's what, that, that's what it means to be a sign. It's, it it stop, stops the unbeliever, and they say, wow, this is incredible. This is a sign. So one of the public uses of tongues is for a sign. And I could tell you a lot of incidents where there was, um, you know, I... Somebody spoke in a known language that didn't know that language. And the second use of uh, public use of tongues is for tongues and interpretation for the church. Now, uh, years ago, I, I believe, I'm trying to think exactly how this come about. I think um, Pastor Charlie spoke in tongues and I interpreted. And there was a man in our congregation that knew several different languages. And he came up to us afterwards and he said, wow. He said, I understood every word that was spoken in, we thought was other tongues. But he said, I understood it. And I don't, I don't remember what language it was. But I said, well, what about the interpretation? And he said the interpretation was exactly what the tongue said. That's totally supernatural, but that's for the church. That's a public use of it. And it, a lot of what Paul uses in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, where he's trying, to, he's trying to straighten out the Corinthians because they were a little messed up in their understanding of how this works. So he was trying to get it in order and tell them now, this is what, how it's supposed to work in church. It's supposed to be decently and in order, and it's supposed to edify the church. But then, the other two tongues, two kinds of tongues, is for your private use. They are wonderful, magnificent tools to use in your private life to open up doors of the supernatural in your life and have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So he talks about different, uh, different things that, about the uh, private tongues. First of all, I'm just gonna go through this really quick. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he, he talks about it being for edification. You know what edification is? It means building somebody up. Have you ever need, needed built up? You know, I've gone through some times that, uh, boy, I could have really got depressed. And I would pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. And after a while, I could feel my inner man just being, wow. And uh, in Jude 20, can you get that up there, Jude 20? Verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude is saying, if you're having a faith problem, uh, you might need to pray in the Spirit for a while. 
It'll help you. It'll build you up. It'll edify you. You know, I believe that that's where the joy of the Lord comes from a lot of times. It's when we build ourselves up and then we just get so, our feet, you know, just barely touch the floor sometimes. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing that God has done for us to give us this magnificent, magnificent tool to edify us. Then also, um, we, we uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, can you get that up there? We had time, we would just go through the chapter of, of 1 Corinthians 14. But listen, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue does what? He speaks not to men, but who to? To God. See, we talked about the gift of tongues being God speaking to us. Now we see that the prayer language of tongues is us speaking to God. So that's the main difference between the two. And, uh, but it says, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. You know, there, there are things that God knows that we don't know. And when we pray in the spirit, sometimes it's downloaded into our spirits. I've had that happen many, many, many times as I'm praying in the Spirit. Suddenly, something will become clear to me, or I'll hear the voice of the Lord. He always speaks to me out of this ear. He's always on this side, and he will speak to me, and, I'll know, and it'll be something that I didn't know before, but now I know. He, he's sharing mysteries with us. See, that's what friends do. That's why we can be in, we get more close fellowship with God as we pray in the Spirit. We're in close fellowship with Him. And the more you pray in the Spirit, the sharper is your spirit and your ability to hear. And the anointing grows on your life. And you know, like I shared Sunday, you all have a purpose. But you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to carry out that purpose to its fullest extent. And your, your purpose gets more and more clear as you fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So um, then verse, let me see, I think 16 and 17, let's just look at that. Okay, he's talking about, uh, like in the church, we need to speak in English where people can understand or have an interpretation. Else when thou bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy what? Giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. So he's saying, when you're speaking in the, when you're praying in the Spirit, you're giving thanks. And then he goes on to say, yeah, and you're giving thanks well. So that's another purpose of your prayer language. For thou verily givest thanks well, but others are not edified. But who is being edified? You are being edified. So in the church, he's saying, now listen, there's, there's two different things. You've got to regulate what happens in the church 
with tongues and interpretation and prophecy, you, you need to regulate it. Because there's there shouldn't be any confusion. Everything should be decent and in order in the church. When you're in your private life, you have this wonderful function that gives you the... Have you ever just thought, oh God, I can't thank you enough? I, I say that all the time. Lord, I look around me, I say, God, I can't thank you enough. This is just, you're just so wonderful. So I just break out into tongues. I'm giving thanks to God well. And then the last, uh, the last one that I uh, use is tongues for in intercession. Let's look at Romans 8, 26 and 27. This is one of my favorite because we don't know how to pray sometimes or what to pray for as we ought. So to the Holy Spirit comes to our aid, bears us up in our weakness. What is our weakness? This is our weakness. But we don't know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the heart of men know what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. We don't know God's will sometimes in certain situations. We don't know how to pray or what to pray for. Sometimes we know what we need to pray for, but we don't know how to pray for it. And sometimes we don't even need know that we need to pray for something, but yet we just we can pray, and the Holy Spirit already has searched God's heart, maybe the, the will of God here on this earth. He knows what needs to happen, and he's praying that for, through you, and you don't even know what's going on. You're just being obedient, and the Holy Spirit's interceding through you. We had this happen uh, a few years ago. I don't know how many years, two or three years, maybe a couple of years ago. No, three years ago, probably, uh, when we were in intercessory prayer on noon, at noon on Wednesday. And we had been, I'd been seeing in the paper that North Korea was threatening the United States with a nuclear bomb. I mean, people on the news were just talking about it, and, and everybody was, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, you know. And, and so I just, we just said, okay, let's pray for this situation. And I didn't know really how to pray. I said, let's just, let's just pray in the Spirit for a little bit. And we started praying the Spirit. The minute we started praying the Spirit, my tongue that started coming out of my mouth, not this tongue, but the, the tongues from the Holy Spirit, changed to an oriental type of a language. I mean, it was as oriental as I... And I, I don't know what I was saying, but I mean I was interceding in the, an oriental language. And we interceded for 15 minutes or so. I mean, it was powerful. I just, I was having goosebumps on top of my goosebumps. And do you know, we never heard in the news after that about any threats of any nuclear bombs or anything. It's just like it melted away. I don't know what happened. I do know what happened that morning, that, that day at noon. We were praying according to the perfect will of God, not knowing how to pray or what to pray for, but we were able 
to affect the world by our prayers that day. Now, there may have been a lot of other people praying too. I just know what happened in our midst. And I've had that happen more than once. So uh, intercession is a wonderful, it's a wonderful tool when you don't know how to pray, but you have this burden and it's just, you know, I, I could tell you all night long stories that I've heard and of people that have interceded when they didn't know they needed to intercede for someone, but they just had them on their heart. I know I, I went through a time with, um, uh, early on, I had an operation and just before I'd had the operation, I had a dream that Brother Hagen told me I wasn't gonna live very long. So I went into that operation not knowing if I was gonna even come out alive. I came out alive, but I had complications. And I, I was just, you know, that dream was just right in front of me. And I remember one night, in the middle of the night, I was, I was having so, many, so much of a problem, and I said, Lord, please, please have somebody intercede for me. And it wasn't too long after that, some of you know Dale Painter, he called and he called Charlie and said, Charlie, what's wrong with Maggie? He called me Maggie. What's wrong with Maggie? Every time I intercede in the spirit, I see her face. And I, just, I had to tell him, so you're the one I prayed for to intercede for me. So what a tool. What a tool. Obviously, I lived. And, uh, <laughs> and I got the answer, and, and you know, we don't, we don't need to go into that. So uh, the final exhortations from Paul. 1 Corinthians 14.1. He says, eagerly pursue, can you do that in the Amplified? Or I, I don't know which one. Eagerly, anyway, the one that starts with eagerly. Eagerly pursue the gifts. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I had so many scriptures and I threw them at Jeannie at the last minute. And, and I thought, oh boy. This is a lot of scriptures, so we haven't looked at a lot, but I've, I've told you what they say. Um, he said in 1 Corinthians 14, 26 in the Amplified, he says, use those gifts to edify. So, so some of the final things he says is eagerly pursue them. You need them. And the last part of that, but let everything be constructive, and edifying, and for the good of all. <coughs> then uh, in verse, uh, let's see. I already mentioned this, but in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 38 to 40. 1 Corinthians 14, 38. But if any one discards or does not recognize that this is the command of the Lord. He is disregarded and not recognized. He is one whom God knows not. Can you get that in the King James? I like the way the King James had it. I don't know if I gave that to you. The King James says, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant still. See, he started out saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. So he, he goes through all of chapter 12, he, he sandwiches in the love chapter in, verse, in chapter 13, and then the 
14th chapter, uh, he regulates all the gifts and he's telling you all this stuff. And then at the end, he said, okay, now if any man is ignorant, after all of this, just let him be ignorant. Don't have anything else to say. But he does talk about everything being decently and in order. So uh, I'm gonna end tonight very quickly with how to receive the Holy Spirit. So I don't know how many of you here have not received the Holy Spirit, but I'm sure that you're hungry for the Holy Spirit. So I just wanna give you a, a scripture in Luke 11. We're gonna look at verse 11 through 13 in the King James. <clears throat> Luke 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil or human, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your, whole, your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to who? To who? Them that ask him, do you have to earn it? Do you have to beg him for it? What do you do? You ask. So if you ask him for it, are you going to get it? A big yes. But you say, I did ask him for it, but I've never spoken tongues. Well, let me tell you, if you ask him for it, you did receive the Holy Spirit or God is a liar. You received it. And I can tell you, if you ask, you can speak in tongues if you want to. You say, but I, I, I don't know how. Well, on the day of Pentecost, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's something that I can't describe to you, but you'll know it. But it has to do with you yielding to the Holy Spirit. And when I, that night, when, when Jesus came into my room and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I had an opportunity to not speak in tongues because I thought that was not for me. But I yielded to it. When I yielded to it, and begin to speak in tongues, I have to tell you, my whole life changed. I would not be here in this place today if that had not happened in that way. Because, and it's for everybody. It's not just for preachers. It's just not for goody-two-shoes. For everybody. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.